reading tonight from Luke chapter 24, verse 13. Luke chapter 24, verse 13. We regularly visit this passage of scripture on the evening of Easter Sunday. While you're turning, the Bible is silent on exactly what took place from the time of the crucifixion to resurrection morning. All that we hear is all the disciples fled. Peter, after he denies Christ, runs into the night, weeping uncontrollably. Then, of course, we have the crucifixion, and then we have that silence of what happened then. You have to wonder where the disciples go. When they fled, did they flee together? Did they spend some time by themselves? We know Peter was not with any of them because he fled into the night and the others had already scattered. How long was it before they got together? After they got together, what did they have to talk about? There's a lot of things that are unanswered in the scriptures about that period of time after they fled and resurrection morning. This passage of scripture, of course, Luke, gives us a glimpse into their state of mind on the day of the resurrection. All four gospel accounts give us a good account of what happened early that morning. Luke gives us more details about what happened later that day, and it's in this account that we have an idea of what was going on in their minds. In Luke chapter 24, verse 13, would you stand as the scriptures read, please? Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained, so they did not know him. And they said to him, and he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? And one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem and have not known the things which happened these days? And he said to them, What things? So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. We were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. And indeed, beside all this, today is the third day since these things have happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all the prophets have spoken, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Let's pray together, please. Father, thank you for your word, and we thank you for the details that are given to us. These are important, and we ask that you would help us to see the truths that we can live by. Father, help us see the truths that will help us face the things 
that we don't have ready answers for. We ask that you would just bless us as we go forward from here as your church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. First thing we realize, these two had a lot to talk about. The Bible just simply says they were walking along the road and they were talking about the things that were happening. It says they talked together of the things which had happened and they conversed and reasoned. So it realized they were talking, they were talking with each other and they were reasoning. They were trying to think things through and they were trying to, to come up with answers or possible answers and solutions for the things that had confused them. This is very likely, because if you read through all four of the gospel accounts of the resurrection morning, you realize various trips were made to the tomb by different people. And different people saw different things at the tomb. And they're trying to piece all these things together. Because all of them didn't live all in one house they met together from time to time in one place, but they all came and went at different times. And they, they all went to find each other, and then, then the word began to circulate around the circle of believers, but they didn't have all the ready answers, and they were getting all these reports from the different people who had gone back and forth to the tomb. But Jesus listens in, in verse 15, it says, So it was while they conversed and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Now the Greek scholar Vincent points out that the verb tense that Jesus went with them it is Jesus was going with them all the while they were talking. Before they realized that he had caught up to them well, they were so conversed uh, uh, in their conversation, they were so immersed in what they were talking about, they didn't realize that this stranger had come up behind them. So all the while they were walking and talking, for quite a while, Jesus was walking with them. They didn't even know it. So Jesus was listening in on what they were talking about. Now, there's a good lesson there. They had no idea that Jesus was listening in on this conversation, but he was hearing every word. And Jesus hears every word of our conversations throughout the week. Uh, when we are talking about church things, Jesus knows. When we're not in a real churchy mood, Jesus knows. Jesus hears every conversation, whether it be an audible conversation, whether it be on the keyboard, whatever it is, Jesus caught up with them and Jesus heard what they were saying. And so Jesus just asked them a question. What are these things that you're talking about? What, what, what are you saying? And of course, one of them, whose name was Cleopas, says, are you an alien? He said, are you a stranger? Are you an alien? Are you the only one in Jerusalem who does not know what's going on? You know, he was quite amazed that here's this guy catching up with us, and everybody should know. Obviously, it made news in Jerusalem what had happened. You have to realize there were over 2 million people in Jerusalem at the time. Crucifixions happened quite regularly. Somehow, someway, that crucifixion had made national news and he says there is absolutely no way that anybody in Jerusalem does not know what just happened so obviously it had made quite an impact on the city and he says what things now Jesus didn't need their information did he 
He invites them to tell them all about it. Why is it? It's not because he needed to know what happened. He knew what happened. But realize when they're telling him what happened, they're telling him something else as well. Did you catch in verse 21? But we were hoping. But we were hoping. So they were telling them what they were feeling, what their dreams were, what their expectations were. We were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. And indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things have happened. Yes, and certain women in our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. There's another feeling. We are so confused. The word astonished means to amaze, to surprise, to perplex. And they said, but we were hoping. Now there's an implication of disappointment there. This was Jesus, mighty in word and deed. And we were really hoping that he was going to redeem Israel. But the implication is he didn't and he isn't. And now certain of the women confused us. So we're confused. And when they did not find his body, they came saying that they'd also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. There's another emotion. Doubt. Doubt. Now, we read through the book of Mark this morning. If you continue on with that passage of scripture, the women didn't believe the angel and the disciples didn't believe the women when they said Jesus is alive. There was a lot of disappointment and a lot of doubt that day. So when Jesus said, what things? It's not because he wanted the information. It's because he wanted to know how the information affected them and how they felt. And that's exactly why he invites us to pray. We take our problems to God. Is it because he doesn't know about our problems? <laughs> he knows. He knows more than we do about our problems. Not because he needs the information, but he wants us to share with him how that problem and how that information is affecting us. They were very honest with this stranger about their emotions. But we were hoping. But we were astonished. We didn't see him. So we see that Jesus invited them to talk about what was on their mind. And then Jesus presents the biblical perspective to make sense of the things they don't understand. Did you catch all this confusion? And they could probably just pretty well sum up what they had just told this stranger. We don't understand anything about what's going on today. We're, we don't understand anything. And then it says this. O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and entered into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. This is not the last time this is mentioned in this passage of scripture. If you go down to verse 44. These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you. 
all the things which must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me, and he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Here were a was a series of events that they absolutely could not understand, and Jesus said, let me help you understand it all. Here's the biblical perspective. And the biblical perspective not only helps us to understand all of these things concerning the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, but the biblical perspective will help us understand all of the other issues of life that we find difficult to comprehend. Why do people get sick? Why do good things happen? And why do bad things happen to good people? Why do the people we love die? Why do we have to let go? Why does this happen to me? Why did this come up on Monday? All of these things that happen. And Jesus says, let me help you understand it. Let me give you the biblical perspective. And then when we look at the biblical perspective of our life, a lot of the things that never make sense any other way make sense. And that's what happened to the disciples. Jesus did this all through his his ministry. He told them what the prophets would say about him going to Jerusalem. They didn't listen, obviously, but they're listening now. So Jesus says, let me help you understand the things that are hard to comprehend, and the answers that we don't have readily. Let me give you the biblical perspective. That's why it's important for us to know what the Bible says about life, about sickness, about problems, about suffering, about loss. When we look at what the Bible has to say, we may not have all the answers, but we'll have enough of the answers to carry on and to keep on. Then one more thing. There's another reference to God being kind to Peter. You remember this morning we talked about at the empty tomb and said, you go to the disciples and Peter. And we went through everything that Peter had gone through. In the series of his, his wrong focus and his weakened demeanor and why he couldn't withstand in the day that he really needed to stand and all of this. Then, of course, how his heart was broken to the point of just completely being crushed with his guilt. He needed something special. And at the empty tomb, that something special was the angel said, you go tell Peter Jesus is alive. But notice in verse 34, when the people, the two that were on the road of Emmaus, get back to the room where the 11 are gathered together, what do they say? It says this, the Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Somewhere on that day, there was a meeting between Peter and Jesus. It's not recorded anywhere but just the fact that it's mentioned. Before Jesus showed himself to the disciples, he and Peter had a heart-to-heart. -heart. We don't know what was said. We don't know anything about that meeting. But we do know that Jesus and Peter had a discussion before Jesus appeared to the others. A lot of times we point to that passage of scripture over in the end of the book of John where Peter jumps out of the boat and Jesus tells him to feed his sheep and he asks him three times if he loves him. Oh, that's when he was restored. This was when he was restored. 
that face-to-face -face personal meeting with Jesus Christ somewhere on the day of the resurrection. All we know, Jesus is alive. And oh, by the way, Peter saw him. He was the first one of the disciples. Jesus told him, Simon, Satan has desired to have you so he could sift you like wheat. But when you've turned around, strengthen the brethren. Jesus knew Satan would sift him. But Jesus also knew he would turn around. When did Peter make the turnaround? That afternoon. Sometime that day when he and Jesus had their own time together. That's when restoration happened. And isn't that when restoration happens with us and Jesus too? Somewhere, just us and Jesus, getting together and settling.